Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Teo Podcast, The Pandemic Press. I am your host, Rashni Hevawasam, and today we have a guest named Trevor Greenbaum, who's a medical student, and we're going to talk about his life, and I'm also going to intervene him a bit and uh, in med school, and um, also uh, his thoughts on the pandemic. Um, he's obviously a med student, so he's glued to books right now. Um... So, but we are going to, I'm going to update him and um, then he's going to talk a bit more about the history. And um, yes, yeah, so FDA has released uh, new uh, files fr- from uh, the vaccines because um, the number of years determine the efficacy of uh, medications and uh, therefore you need the vaccine provider has to be in constant communication with the person who wants to receive the vaccine. Uh, There are so many um, side effects and there are diseases also arising from the vaccines. So it's not only me who's saying it, even some doctors. Um, So FDA-listed symptoms include Kulemba, acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, uh, transverse uh, myelitis, encephalitis, um, seizures, stroke, uh, narcolepsy, uh, cataplexy, um, myocardial infection, autoimmune diseases, um, other acute uh, demyelating diseases. So I want you guys to... And even thrombocytopenia. So I want you guys to actually research a lot and then make your decision. Anyways, let's get into the conversation we had. I'm a medical student. I'm from the United States. I grew up in Minnesota. And I currently am at medical school. Um, I went to St. George's University. We um, are an international medical school, so we're in the Caribbean. Um, That's pretty much for people who aren't able to get into American medical school. So either have bad grades or a bad MCAT or, you know, you have some kind of like we have people who (laughs) uh, assaulted people or, you know, just couldn't like it just something was a a bad look on their uh, on their application. But uh, so, you know, we have the whole range of people there. Um, and I'm currently in New York. Um, we do our clinical rotations afterwards. And so I'm here and then, I mean, that's about it. (laughs) So tell, uh, some, tell us something that surprised you when you were studying medicine. Uh, something that surprised me about studying medicine. Um, I mean, first things first, I mean, the, the vast, array of information you have to know as a doctor is is intense I mean I knew it was going to be a lot I just didn't realize how vast it would be and how really not even that but how much you have to study every single day 
to be able to put it into your brain, especially if you're not a smart man <laughs> or woman. Yeah. Um, you have to just work extra, extra hard and, and not even extra hard, but just long amount of time each day. And it has to be your main focus. You know, you have to sacrifice a lot of things to be able to do it. So that was the biggest surprise. There were others too, but. Yeah, but like, uh, I remember the first time I was in med school and then like two weeks after, like it was like a, uh, like a good relaxing two weeks and then we have exams already. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, we, we I mean, especially for St. George's and other uh, international medical schools, we, we get almost zero break. I mean, not to go all like boohoo, but I mean, it's pretty much you, you, you don't even get like a weekend, you know, because your exam is usually like on a Saturday um, yeah. and then you have like Sunday off maybe. And then you have to start studying. I mean, I start studying the next day, but you have to start studying at least uh, starting on Monday for the next exam, you know. So it's pretty it's pretty intense for sure. Yeah. Especially uh, in the final, the, uh, the most difficult subjects will be like placed all together. <laughs> and that would be a huge risk. Mm. For us, it was just completely random. They would just randomize the whole test. I mean, essentially, you know, so you, you try to like get little themes and stuff. Oh, maybe this is the where the difficult questions are and stuff, but not really. You know, you just got to kind of skip the hard ones at first and go to the easy ones. So you can get that credit down and then you can go back to the hard ones. But there's yeah. like a whole there's a whole strategy to taking tests, which is honestly annoying as hell but yeah you got to learn it otherwise you're not going to especially the mcqs um they they are really like really tough they're not like simple mcq answers and all of the uh, options are like pretty similar and you don't know which mm. one to take you guys you guys do questions that aren't multiple choice questions that's all we do yeah um most of them are multiple choice for anatomy it's like a huge blank mm, i see so it's like we had to just we have three questions um, mm. from three parts of their document and we have to mm -hmm. like pick at random so imagine like you skip some of the topics and then you just grab it uh, grab um, we have to like close our eyes and like grab a topic mm. and imagine if you just take one that you didn't even look at wow yeah no I mean anatomy is anatomy is something for sure <laughs> okay so uh, like um, I will tell you something that surprised me was uh, the dead bodies, like, mm. because I told you I had an anatomy teacher, he was like, really funny. And as a friend, he was like a good person. But as a teacher, he was horrible, because he was a surgeon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a surgeon. And I think that he couldn't balance uh, the two jobs as being te a teacher and a surgeon at the same time, his two minutes being three hours. So, yeah, and he never actually completed the syllabus for us. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, it's a lot of self-study. So imagine there's like 50 topics to study. Oh, man, that's but, that's uh, all the medical school is self-study. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah. international medical students. I mean, you just you just don't. They give you lots of resources. They just flood you with resources and go, here you go. Learn, learn, you know, and yeah, it's great. But, you have yeah. everything you need, but it's like you're on your own. You know, it, whatever relationships you make with your friends and stuff, that's all you got. That's all you got. Exactly. And like, I don't know, our teacher was didn't even give us any resources. Like he was, oh, wow. yeah, he was just uh, telling about his uh, uh, experience as a surgeon and, you know, patient to doctor confi confidentiality is supposed to be there, but mm -hmm. he just goes and like shows all the <laughs> patients he has mm -hmm. to deal with and like 
the cases and which was really funny because you're supposed to keep that a secret mm-hmm. yeah then, i mean those yeah. those kinds of things happen all the time yeah. i mean luckily a lot of them are like you know less crazy and you know teaching medical students with like images of your thing is probably you know i mean that's you're not hurting that many people but uh i don't know i maybe he had permission i don't know yeah i we don't know and then uh, he we were but we were asking questions from each other like did he ask did he i mm. sure that he asked i'm not sure mm. he asked mm-hmm. the patient and mm. then like he would tell us uh, stories about um, a, a person he was playing like he was like having a sword fight and he's um, the sword a sword fight um, yeah, what are we in like 1800 <laughs> so um his opponent um kind of uh, like put his sword right through his brain and he started walking to the hospital in the university so that was the story he was telling it happened at the university yes <laughs> where did you go hogwarts or something what the where what the what is this this is in Carol Davila University, Win Bucharest, Romania. So he okay. was walking and yeah. He was he vampires bloody... too. <laughs> he had a really bloody head and we were we were wondering what's happening. Uh yeah, I would be wondering what's happening too. Is it Did they have like a duel? Is it like yeah. for their honor or something? I have no idea. Was it Halloween? Oh. Is it a surprise nobody t- told us about? Those would be my first questions. Not like, how much blood have you lost or anything like that? They'd be like, wait, was this for honor? Why Why were you doing this? <laughs> and that was actually a real case. And then he told us that uh, his brain was slightly damaged, but mm. uh, they managed to like uh, save the sword. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that sounds like he's just joking around. <laughs> Yeah, and his ringtone was all about uh, Star Wars, like the Star Wars mm. theme song. So imagine every time it rings. And I used to get annoyed because a day after the exam, he shows us the dead body. So we had like three options. So option one is probably uh, stay back in uni and wait till everybody close the doors, uh, lock the doors and uh, off, off the lights. And then we go straight to the basement where the dead bodies are and <laughs> we study till the next day. And that was option one. Option two was like um, go into like a graveyard and start digging. But we none of us wanted to go to jail because grave digging is uh, illegal. And then option three was um, where the our teacher said no pictures on social media, especially of cadavers. And mm. what, what we did was so we, thank god facebook was uh, still there so mm. we created a secret group and we call it anatomy <laughs> uh, very very dramatic <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then we put all the videos and it was like yeah we couldn't sleep and we could, <laughs> yeah we studied everything for the next day that's yeah, how we so- passed uh, anatomy <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you have to really go off in medical school. It's funny that you mentioned it, though. Um, One thing that uh, when they first started doing anatomy, it was like frowned upon so much back way back when, um, like in medieval ages, I believe, or somewhere, or maybe it was like the Renaissance era. It's 18th and 19th century, I think. Yeah. Wait, which? 18th and 19th century. I think that's too late. I think it was earlier than that. But um, I'm talking about when they first, first started doing it. um but they said yeah they had to like dig up bodies and stuff because it was so frowned upon by the church and all that 
so and they'd have to do it in secret for real so yeah i guess you were kind of uh <laughs> paving the way there yeah i also heard a story. yeah i also heard a story that uh, one of the doctors used to say the uni was that uh, med students would go to actual graves uh, where black people were buried so when they dug those bodies you know there won't be much of a commotion because it wasn't a white right. body that was, was stolen it was a black body right you'd go to like poor people yeah like people of color that kind of stuff yeah so no it wouldn't be a big deal and uh, mm. they were so what the, the med students were doing they were like grave digging for a while until a uh, white body was lost mm-hmm. yeah then- gallon that's the that's the name i was looking for gallon in the second century oh he was kind of like i don't know there was others before him a little bit like in egypt and greece and stuff but he was the he was one of the the first ones to really hit it you know like there's still there's still like veins and arteries and stuff like named after him i think it's like one in the brain it's like gallon um i don't know something vein it's the one that goes across here but anyway yeah that's that's super interesting do you Mm -hmm. have any covid19 stories um so when we started we were i mean first of all yes i do (laughs) but we started we were like immediately after like that huge surge came in right away um when it started so we were actually kicked off the island um in grenada uh where our school is they like told us all right we're gonna put you on these flights go home um so it was like this crazy like evacuation um i had to like i had a motorcycle i had to sell it in like 24 hours like all this other stuff so i'm like oh my god it was crazy left a bunch of stuff behind wasn't it wasn't like crazy to leave stuff but then so we we go home or whatever like all this covid stuff happens and then we enter clinical rotation so then i finally get to see the covid right um and i don't know it was kind of weird because i expected it to be like just like crushing amounts of people but what happened was immediate right after the surge where i mean every emergency department was just packed like uh, they tell me stories at the hospital I'm at. Um, they, I mean, first of all, filled the ED, obviously, and then filled like all the hallways of the ED and yeah. then filled the lobby of the of the hospital. And if you yeah. know what the lobby looks like, you're like, oh, my God, it's like an auditorium, you know. So, yeah. I mean, I just imagine that and it's like, holy crap. But um, and then but when I got there, it was there was less people than there normally is attending the emergency department um like on an average day when there wasn't covid and i was like what is happening well everyone's like afraid to come to the hospital because our hospital was one of the first to get like covid cases in new york so then like no one wanted to go there like i'm just gonna go and get sick which i mean they're not totally wrong but they're not you know (laughs) i would be afraid to go there too you know um but uh yeah so that that's that's pretty much it now i just see covid cases where you know they um aren't vaccinated so it's either more severe um or you know so that's kind of sad to see and then they then if you if they go into like respiratory distress that kind of a thing then we have to put them on a ventilator and that's you know where things get kind of complicated but hopefully they don't if they don't have to go on a ventilator then you know it's not it's not crazy you know hopefully they recover soon um but yeah it's usually like the complications and stuff where you get really worried yes yeah uh, yeah, so but like I told you, like um, right before the pandemic, like two years uh, apart, like I switched courses. And yeah, 
So it's kind of like I still have like information about uh, vaccines and stuff like this. Um, yeah, like because I learned all of that during when I was studying for medical college and then and during medical college, we got to take a look at it as well. So I was I was thinking a lot to myself, OK, COVID-19 exists at the beginning and there are so many cases there. Are, I saw some um, social media uh, pictures from doctors itself showing cases of uh, COVID-19 because people were actually being skeptical of the disease at first. And then, um, then after that, I heard stories like from my friends who are the med medical students, and they were saying when they go to the hospital, uh, it's like someone who died of diabetes are uh, being recorded as COVID nineteen deaths. What do you mean? Someone who died of diabetes gets recorded as deaths from COVID nineteen. They were just lying. Yeah. And it happened, it, ha it happened, this was in Romania, it happened, some of them in France, and also back in Sri Lanka, you know, like a priest we know, like, really well, he died of a heart attack, but it was recorded as, recorded as deaths from COVID-19. Well, here's the thing. So, for instance, I am doing a research case report on... Yeah. COVID-19 related like encephalopathy, which is like altered mental status. So, you know, it's something affecting the brain and the person is like confused, agitated, that kind of a thing for multiple days. And in this case, we did imaging, right? So then we saw that there was like bilateral, which just means both sides, hemorrhagic, which means blood. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in the brain. Right. Yeah. And we're like, OK, what could have possibly caused this? We went through all the things. Right. We went through. OK, it could be. I mean, he was low on platelets, so it could be immune thrombocytic purpura. Right. Or, um, yeah. And all these other things. Right. I'll, I'll, I won't bore you with details. Yeah. But I mean, we, we went through it systematically, figured out everything that it could have been yeah. ruled out all those things. And then we got it down to like, OK, it's one of these two things. It's either due to trauma from when he fell, he fell and hit his head yeah. when he had the seizure, right? And the other cause is COVID-induced um, hemorrhagic encephalopathy. So, I mean, we looked at what is most likely, and then we decided that it's most likely secondary to COVID-induced hemorrhagic encephalopathy. So, yes, it's still possible that the trauma caused it, that kind of thing. Yeah. But just likelihood-wise, that's probably the most likely cause. Yes, and we'll learn more yeah. about COVID yeah. and that stuff. But I mean, that maybe in, initially there was confusion among COVID and I can't speak for all hospitals yeah. telling the truth and that kind of a thing. I'm just saying that over time, it's more understood. And then we, we, we learn that there is major issues with that kind of a, a, an illness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Um, and so like, I'm just I'm afraid. The only thing is I'm afraid of when when those stories are like mentioned, which I'm not I'm, they're probably true. I'm just saying when those stories are mentioned and put at the forefront again and again and again, then yeah. people start to think that the illness isn't real or that it shouldn't be taken seriously and things like that. And yeah. not that we should stop everything we've ever done and start doing, you know, all this stuff for COVID. Yes. I'm just saying that take it seriously. I mean, this yeah. has killed more yeah. people than influenza. Yeah. So. yeah. And uh, the thing is that uh, another case is like from a guest I had from another podcast is that in the early, early days of COVID-19, um, uh, his, uh, his mother actually died from cancer. 
and still they recorded it as uh, they proposed. And here's the thing: it's yeah. there's a lot of confusion at first for yeah. for someone to be completely sure of something. First of all, you have to say that there's like a cause of death, and yes. I, I can't speak on that case specifically, but. Yes. I mean, how do you know what it's what it's specifically caused by when you just learned that this illness is a thing like whatever, 10 days ago? You know what I mean? Yeah, so like it's for, for, to expect people to be 100 percent confident in something right away. I mean, it's yeah. just like, come on. Yeah, I know. And it, it wasn't like 10 days because she's been having signs of cancer for like a pretty long time. And he was he was that. And that here's the thing. For all we know. And sorry, I interrupt you all the time. I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, for all we know, the covid maybe was like exacerbating things maybe she died of i'm just guessing i'm just saying it's a random thing congestive heart failure secondary yeah. to covid right and maybe yeah. yeah uh the cancer was like helping cause that too you know so it could have been either one so you had just have to declare something at the end of the day man maybe they said it was more vague you know like oh COVID yeah, answer blah 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 blah, yeah. blah 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 right i mean it's just yeah and it was like that's why the numbers are like not accurate i uh presumed and uh, but the illness that doesn't mean that the illness is a, is fake. It's the illness is just there. And right, that's right. there. That's what I deduced by the end of twenty twenty is that the illness is there because mm -hmm. everybody is saying that when they're going to the hospital they see patients and um, they they're 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 seeing the cases and for their own eyes. So then I was like, mm -hmm. okay, then it's believable that it, mm -hmm. it exists. Mm -hmm. It's just that. When they deduce the result of the death, it's there's a yeah for some sure. cases yeah sure that's and fair. So there are very outliers in the statistics. Mm -hmm. And uh, did you also learn vaccination uh, in Mexico? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you can go through the steps. Um, what do you mean? You mean just like approving pharmaceutical yeah. things over yeah. time yeah um i mean it's more of a step one thing it's like there's like what four or five phases or something yes. and they just go through different stages of testing um yeah it takes and it's anyway it's just like a very rigorous process and you like start slow and and like theories and then you go to like animals and you eventually end up with human subjects and then you finally are like putting out to the public and even then you're doing like research on the effects and stuff right yeah and uh normally it takes 10 to 15 years like for right. drug or vaccine is a similar procedure mm -hmm. um like phase one is like uh, it's like preclinical trials is based on animal testing and clinical mm -hmm. trials are on humans first they test it on like 10 to 100 uh, healthy right. uh, healthy individuals then from 10 to 100 uh, patients who have the condition itself and then 300 to 3000 Right. around and um the first uh, phase can take like a couple of months and the second uh, like the second phase when they're testing it um with uh, humans against a placebo effect um it might take about uh almost one to two years and then mm -hmm. the, uh, finally the large group where the large group of patients have been tested where the drug has been properly um, distributed throughout the body and excreted. Mm -hmm. That also takes another three to four years. And then right. it, uh, it should, at each stage, it should be approved by the FDA. Then you have like mm -hmm. two applications, like the IND application and the NDA application. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you have, then it goes to the marketing phase. Mm -hmm. So point being, 
COVID vaccine did not go through this rigorous process. Yeah. Yeah. None of the COVID vaccines actually did. And then Cypher was approved uh, Mm -hmm. recently, I think, because it was like the most effective. But obviously, every like drug or medication has like side effects. Mm -hmm. So, like um, blood thinners, for instance, save people's lives every single day. I mean, there would be so many less people on the earth if there wasn't these blood thinners, but they have great, you know, they, they have to list all the side effects. So it's like, yeah, yeah. you could bleed out, you could do this, you could do that, but it's, of course, you're going to take it and take the right dose. And, 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 yeah. and that's super beneficial. Yeah. And then like people were being skeptical about the dosage because now it's like three doses they have to take. Sure. So it's like, um, they were actually being skeptical of like, um, two, maybe two doses were enough and why you had to get the third dose sure it's a booster yeah yeah it's a booster shot but for different people the bottom line is i understand people's skepticism like if i didn't have the knowledge that i did that i've learned through medical school i would be super skeptical i would be like this thing came out super fast you know don't these go through tons of rigorous processing and i would be confused and i would i would have to like look things up and maybe i wouldn't understand all of them i wouldn't even know what questions i should be asking that kind of a thing and then if and then some you know the whatever the internet or or tv feeds you the answer is like hey look it's good because of this or it's bad because of this like it's hard to figure out what's what so i get it but as like medical professionals like we know what it is and we know what the side effects are and we know that the side effects or the possible complications of the vaccine are way less than the benefits that are going to be helping yeah Yeah. Yeah. that that i can agree but they Mm -hmm. uh but normally uh when there were examples back in history, like when it surpasses a number, it was taken out of the uh, market, like um, as, especially the number of deaths and uh, the number of side effects that people encountered. Sure. After, yeah. Yeah. But we're not talking about like, you know, Viagra here. We're not talking yeah. about like yeah. dick um, bigging pills. Like we're talking yeah, about, like, uh, we're like, talking about reducing complications to a virus that just came out. That's like, been very bad to put it yeah. you know, lightly yeah <laughs> it's been killing lots yeah of but people. like some people think that like some people think that it depends on fate it's whether you get it or not and it's like something you can't see it depends on what fate yeah fate okay sure now we're now we're going to different territory yeah. which i i mean for sure like there's definitely yeah. people who believe that and probably a lot you know yeah. So that, I mean, I don't know how that's that's a job for uh, I don't know what whatever the FDA or whatever government agencies yes. in in their in charge. And, to try uh, to... and sometimes you this is a virus like nobody can ever see, so mm. it's like it really... right huge huge part of it because it, it mean if you could see that your heart like stopped beating or some shit like you're worried right you're yeah. like we need to fix this and we need to fix it now like but yeah, this is a virus it... it's smaller than bacteria like it's yes. insane yeah you can't comprehend it i think there was more fear than anything else during this pandemic mm-hmm. and that's oh, huge i mean it spurred so many things and uh another like medical history thing that i can spurt, uh, bring this to is like I was, this was like 150 years ago which may seem like a lot to people it's you know and in the whole grand scheme of things, not yeah. at all. But that's when we first started learning about bacteriology. We didn't even know about viruses yet. And they didn't clean anything. They didn't do any of that when doing any of this. Nothing was sterile. Now we do the whole, you got to like wash your hands multiple times. We do gloves. Then we do sterile gloves. Yeah. And then we like drape the thing. We like iodine it. We do all of that just to put a little like line into your femoral artery. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and 
back in uh i think it was vienna or something in like 1850 they were doing autopsies on on yeah. dead bodies that you were talking yeah. about earlier and then they'd go directly to the birthing ward and then have yeah. babies come out and then all these moms and babies are dying and they're like why is this happening and then um it kept happening it kept happening and then um the the one of the doctors or the main guy is like all right we're going to start like washing our hands with chlorine. Right. And that, that was mostly just to get the smell out. He's like, maybe yeah. that'll help. And so he had no idea that it was going to help. And it did. It, all the deaths went down, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that, I mean, that's huge. And, and I mean, point being is you can't see this stuff. They don't know about it yet. And so that's like the average person today. They just, they just don't comprehend what is going on there. And until you do, you, you can't convince anyone. In fact, last point on it in 1850, yeah. when he was trying to convince physicians with all this like you know knowledge that and he didn't even know about bacteria yet but like look when you wash your hands with chlorine it reduces deaths no one listened to him no one gave a shit (laughs) you know so he couldn't even convince doctors in 1850 that i was a thing like how are you going to convince the average person today you know it's just it's tough it's tough is the bottom line yeah it is it is tough especially it's tough to be like a doctor because um the thing is that everybody's uh, everybody's being skeptical of. They think that there's a conspiracy plan behind it, which right. I, yeah, I doubt. Which there's 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 great importance to being skeptical about things, but yeah. then once you learn that you shouldn't be, then you should stop being skeptical of it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just so not it, beneficial to you anymore. Yeah. And here, like here, I don't know, like a lot of doctors went on strike because they didn't have the freedom to speak, uh, freedom to speak about it. Oh, what? Really? Yeah. Really? Um, I didn't hear about that, but okay. Uh, I'll take your word for did it. You, did you hear anything from the U.S.? Honestly, bottom line, med students, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's some that are really connected to current events and stuff, but a lot of us are just dug into our books. So, <laughs> yeah. but uh, no, I, what was the, what was the thing? It is medical freedom uh, strike. Okay. No, I didn't hear about it. I heard a lot of like people quitting because they're just, it was so intense. Like there was just so many people and, and it was just so taxing on their, on their lives, like, but it, like physicians, but, nurses. Yeah. But like, it took a, to, it took a pandemic to actually for them to go on strike. About medical freedom or about the stresses of work? Yeah, medical freedom. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then, uh, like, because they were, I think... What do you mean medical freedom? So it's, like, the, the ability to talk about the things... What yeah. what things were being held? I don't understand. Like, because they, when they mandated vaccines, it's like some people were... Oh, this against, was after the vaccines yeah. came out. Okay. Yeah. So some people were against it. Some people were for it. The people who were against it went on strike. Sure. Sure. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, and, that doesn't yeah. worry me that much. I, I mean, yeah. I think that there, it's, there's always going to be people skeptical of things, even in the field that they, they research it and stuff. Like, it's just, that's just how it goes, you know? Yeah, because there are, there's like a huge story and then there's a debate about certain things. And uh, right. sometimes, that's good. yeah, sometimes when we approach like a new experience, it's like even we don't know the answer until we get to the final right. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, and yeah, like science is always changing, right? Yes. But but to say that we can't trust it because it's always changing. I mean, we've made so many advancements. Like you're just going to yeah. disregard all of them. And like, what, we, are we yeah, what are we, we doing here? Yeah, we can't forget about uh, all the successes we had in the past. Right, which has been numerous. I mean, that's why you're everyone's alive. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we'd all there'd be like there'd be like twenty thousand people, not you know twenty billion. Yes. So. 
there is a huge argument going and uh, what happened here was that as soon as they mandated vaccines i think uh, so many people so many educated people on the streets like even lawyers and because they were against it sure yeah i mean and it was like uh, more it was like more than 5000 people on the streets in in the strike sure yeah yeah um so uh, did you have any interesting experiences you want to share in your life, like in medical college? My life in general? Hmm. I mean, the biggest one I've already talked about is, I mean, I, I was a, not a dumb kid. Like, uh, like I have street smarts and such, but I went into undergraduate school with very basic understanding of how to study um, and just science in general and man, I struggled through classes and I, I didn't know how, I, what I should be doing, how to do it in anything. And then, so I just squeaked out good enough grades. I just worked my butt off at the end of undergrad. And then, um, and then when I got to, I, I got, you know, I applied for medical school, not expecting much. And then I got into an international medical school SGU and they, they took me in and then, um, you know, I just put in tons of effort. I mean, the thing is, is, if you aren't good at something and you want to be good enough to be one of the best at it, you have, that's all you can do. So that's all you can do. So that's all I did for like two years. You just, you sacrifice everything else. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it doesn't I have to be, you kids. don't have to like kill off your family members, you know what I mean? But you, you can't talk to them all the time, you know, it's stuff like that. So you, everything is that. And, 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 and yeah, that's just kind of how it goes. So, I mean, that was, that was pretty much it. I mean, yeah, there was a lot, there's a lot of, kind of wild experiences along the way i don't know how uh <laughs> i don't know how uh, unprofessional you want to get on this thing <laughs> but yeah it's but yeah. fine it's fine like nobody's perfect um at the <laughs> end of the day uh, even i kind of like um i tried so hard during the few years of um, high school hmm. how, how old are you by the way i'm 27 okay i'm 26 and uh, I've, I actually tried so hard during the final years of my high school. And uh, the thing was like, I was like aiming to go to UK, mm. but uh, they weren't even uh, giving a scholarship. So it was like expensive for my dad to afford at the same time. Mm. So the competition was incredibly high for the English speaking, English speaking countries. So America, the UK and Australia. Mm. So I was aiming to go to the UK and I couldn't make it because um, I didn't, um, the university uh, didn't have enough seats at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And plus I had to uh, get a visa and stuff like this. And some of them were who actually applied for uh, UK university uh, cities actually got rejected by the visa. So mm -hmm. Thesis are a huge deal yeah. with all that. Yeah. My, even my Canadian friends, I mean, they're just, it's just tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's really tough. And then after that, I, I aim for Europe and I got a call to um, one of the best universities in Romania. So it's nice. Well done. Medical universities. But like I told you, like I didn't expect it to be like that tough. I like I knew it was going to be like um, I had to work yeah I had to work hard but I had like no idea of what I was getting into right getting into. until you experience it you just you don't know you know yeah and you think that it's a bit harder than high school I think that's the <laughs> that's the image you get at first but it's like a huge jump yeah. 
<laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah a marathon's a bit harder to run than uh your your mile run at high school for sure yeah and then it was like it was like a huge jump from uh, high school to the first year of med school mm-hmm. and i remember like two weeks i was just relaxing you know being uh the leader oh, in the yeah. group uh, mm-hmm. and then i was like okay i'm getting everybody's contacts emails because everybody was too afraid you know, yeah that's cool. so um yeah i actually came and came very close to the teachers because like i was always in the front and mm-hmm. yeah i was like not afraid at first um to approach them and all and then like two weeks later oh my god we have exams <laughs> wild i know yeah i mean it's all it's all about the exams so i mean i just and yeah contacts and everything are important too but i remember i just sacrificed all i'm like no none of that matters my numbers matter and that's it and i mean that's kind of part of it too i mean like they number one is what you get on your step your mcat step one step two you know like that comes first and foremost and then everything else you know except apparently in canada canada uh to get into medical school it's like interview is huge it's like 50 percent of it or something at least that's what my canadian friends say yeah and it was like i can remember that um i don't know like uh the first year went out smoothly the second year i remember that uh, i was i was studying for uh like a like a really important exam and then I had really like I had so much of anxiety in me like I can like it's so much like uh, <laughs> see and you crazy. can't even yeah you can't even balance it your academic life with this having a social life it's like I had to mm-hmm. not sleep for three days in order mm-hmm. to actually go to a club and like uh, enjoy a girl's mm-hmm. night with um, my roommate and her friends <laughs> yeah I had a, I had a friend who actually pooped his pants on the first exam <laughs> genuinely pooped his pants during the first exam what do you think he did <laughs> what do you think he ended up it's the beginning of the exam and he poops his pants <laughs> what would you do <laughs> oh my god i would like immediately <laughs> excuse me I need to <laughs> right right i don't know what i would do um but you only have three hours to do this exam and you have like 120 questions or something he just finished it he just sat in his poop and finished the exam <laughs> he did very bad um he did much better later he's very smart but yeah it's crazy he was yeah so one one day i can remember i woke up mm-hmm. i stood up it like it was around like 5 a.m in the morning and mm-hmm. i remember i had the exam at uh 8 okay and mm-hmm. uh all of a sudden my legs stopped working and i fell down that's crazy <laughs> That's crazy. I never had that. That's insane. And then I was like having these like uh those black blobs all over the, like I was seeing these black blobs everywhere. Mm. Mm. And then I was like, "Oh my god, what the hell is happening to me? My room That's crazy. Yeah, my roommate was asleep. So mm. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't move. I can't feel <laughs> my legs." That's wild. <laughs> I so and i don't even drink i like i don't drink at all mm-hmm. um i i was only high on like coffee i think mm-hmm. it's like um, high on coffee. yeah i get cappuccino. fucked up on coffee every day <laughs> cappuccino <laughs> and i and i drink about like four like four cups of uh, coffee the night before and so i don't know what exactly happened to me 
Mm-hmm. So I was, I was like, oh my god, this is definitely due to the anxiety I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I did was, I was, I was crawling to the bathroom, and like I was like dragging Jesus. myself. <laughs> yeah. Like Civil yeah. War era, you got yeah. like hit in the leg or something. Jesus. Okay. I was like dragging myself uh, on the floor, like the legs especially. <laughs> And then um, I managed to like open the door mm. and um, try to stand up because like um, against me, there was a wall and then there was a door to the bath toilet. Mm. And I was like uh, trying to stand up. That's the first thing I tried to do, like hold on to the doorknob as like a support system to lay my back on the mm. wall. And you stood up just fine, right? <laughs> I could feel my legs. <laughs> it's like my legs were numb. Like, mm. like something. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What do, what do they call it? It's like somatic. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's a real thing. Yeah. It's like someone shot me in the spine. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I never had that. I know. I know some people who did have things like similar or whatever. But yeah, the stress is insane. I, mean, yeah. I remember one time I I, I remember I, I, I was crying on the floor <laughs> so while doing oh that. I bet I'm sure <laughs> I would be devastated and then and then I was like oh my god I had to make my legs stuff uh, start working okay so I like pinching them yes it's like I can do this like my legs are not working I don't have to stay in for the rest of my life in a wheelchair and I was like contemplating about life still I can see black blobs everywhere <laughs> I can't see it, like even where I'm going properly, but um, because of the experience, I think the surroundings were like mm-hmm. kind of uh, familiar for me. So I was laying my back on against the wall and like holding the uh, holding onto the doorknob uh, to make myself stand. And um, what happened was I I I tried to puke. <laughs> you purposely tried to puke. Yeah. You like put your finger down your throat. Yeah. All right. my finger down the throat and like interesting I, choice yeah but what i did was i thought that i it must have been something i ate or something so i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, interesting I, thought yeah i was like must be the, something You're like panicking the yeah yeah maybe something in the coffee maybe something sure. maybe something is inside and yeah. I okay, okay. it's like in the movies sure 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 sure. like that's the only thing i could come up yeah 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 that's hilarious (laughs) and did you puke yeah i puked and after that um the thing is that i couldn't even wash my mouth or anything i just i was still in the like the edges of the like toilet (laughs) and then like still i can feel my feel my legs okay i was still Uh trying for like 45 minutes and I covered was late for the exam but I got my legs to move and I told myself that I'm going to walk instead of getting a taxi or uh-huh. to uni because it's like five kilometers and it's like I got to make my legs work mm. and yeah so gradually I got my legs to work and I was walking crazy <laughs> that's insane did you take the test yeah, I took the test and um, I had like this imposter syndrome like way before the test. Sure. And like when I did the test, like I passed uh, nine on 10. So that was the best part of it. Jeez. <laughs> I, I didn't even get that kind of score and I my legs worked fine. So <laughs> I don't know, yeah. like something happened to me, even like um, I was supposed to explain this experience on another person's podcast. 
and yeah. <laughs> they were laughing at what I was saying as well. Mm-hmm. But they were like asking medical school questions, like mm-hmm. how many how many bones do we also have in the body? I I can't remember. It's like two hundred thirteen. <laughs> I was like I think two hundred six. I can't remember. And I was like doubting myself. And when uh-huh. I actually googled it, it was exactly two hundred six. That's insane. Yeah, my memory does not work like that. But um, yeah, I just have the confidence and no, uh, nothing to back it up. <laughs> no, yeah. But like, um, no, I feel like, no, every, every, like when I'm doing something like a difficult exam or something, I think like I'm nothing or I'm an mm-hmm. imposter or something mm-hmm. like this. And then the imposter syndrome just comes in. Mm-hmm. And then actually for anatomy, I was so like my first year, it's like all the other subjects like cell biology, psychology, physiology. I got all my nines. Anatomy, I got five. And then I uh, cried in the uh, crying room. In the crying room. <laughs> That's what like the students called it. Uh, <laughs> because it's there. everybody goes and cries. Interesting. We didn't have a crying <laughs> room per se. <laughs> That's just everyone's own room um you cry in the, in the <laughs> loneliness of your own home yeah and um the thing is that I also had like sort of depression because I came from a really strict culture as well so a what culture a very strict culture oh, okay, I have yeah. like strict parents like mm. in, no freedom at all like I can't take part in the social circle that everybody's in Mm. and um and i can't even like hang out with friends the way other people can hang out with friends mm. so it was just me um in my childhood it was like basically me going to school and back home school mm. home, school home school home or maybe meet family members and or, or maybe uh go to dinner as a family but like it was uh, really i had a really few times to actually enjoy my life with my friends mm-hmm. and I wasn't allowed to go to relationships either and Dang. in my family like uh, um, the it's way that thing. yeah <laughs> yeah the, uh, the way that um, yeah the way that they kind of treat me was there was like manipulation going on and reverse psychology so like I always thought bad of myself mm. yeah yeah so Rough. yeah so all of those were the building blocks to my depression as well mm, i can imagine <laughs> yeah my my friend is uh pakistani and he he reports a similar experience maybe not that intense but he yeah definitely he's like he's like you just he's like yeah just in you know international or middle eastern or whatever or asian like it's just a different culture like you just you just expect yeah. to just crush it every day <laughs> and yeah. if not and you should feel horrible about yourself type yeah. Thing, kind of thing yeah that kind of thing and then I had like I recovered from the depression as well it was like holistic and holistically I didn't actually take any drugs or actually go anywhere but I you didn't did. pop some mushrooms and then have no, a, no. A, an enlightening no, experience like, no no then no I don't I didn't have like any plant medicine because I'm, I'm definitely scared of that <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like people who talk about marijuana weed and stuff like this is like some crazy people who talk about <laughs> okay what about I mean there's definitely people who aren't crazy who yeah I know it. I know because it's like 
yeah, they know more about plant medicine than me, um, myself. And there mm. are specific components of the plant medicine that do not give the high off, probably. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, CBD uh, or whatever. Yeah, they they just cure the specific uh, disease. But I don't know much about it. So what I did was like, I used to journal a lot and write all my thoughts, like write to turn my emotions into words. And um, uh, what I did was like, I wanted to have a very challenging lifestyle because I was always inside the house. And I never actually gone out. And the first time I was living alone, I was like, okay, now I can actually walk outside the streets. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. And yes, and I could be independent. And that's what I actually liked. My parents came a year later. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm doomed again. I can't go out. I feel trapped. Mm. Yeah. And um, the, those sort of experiences. And I was like continuously rebelling against them that I need to actually go on walks and everything. And that they should have they tied you to the bed or something. They let you get out. <laughs> Yeah, it felt like that, you know. My my whole life, it's like they were tying me up. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it felt like that. And uh, so, uh, do you have any uh, like experiences like this? I couldn't have less uh, to connect with. There, <laughs> I mean, my, I'm like the last of a bunch of uh, brothers. Um, they, they let me kind of do whatever, but had generally high expectations but nothing was like laid out in stone i mean they were you know there was times when it was like look you know we're busy do what you want to do tonight just you know this is like unofficial it wasn't said to me but like just make sure you come back at some point for dinner um and don't be all like hurt or like get in trouble i mean mostly just don't get in trouble or don't be hurt enough to have a hospital bill you know um and unfortunately i had lots of hospital bills but i didn't get in trouble very much so that was good but uh no i can't connect with you very much there i can imagine that that was uh very hard experience i mean it did make you very smart i'm sure um i'm not the smartest man in the world but um now now i've (laughs) okay miss i couldn't walk but i still got nine out of ten on the exam i got nine out of ten once (laughs) in medical school but um yeah but you know i've learned hard work over time and um and how to study and how to i guess be smart or pretend to be right um enough that you actually like learn enough and you have like the confidence to keep studying so that's that's what i've learned over time i had a great childhood um my parents are, are are awesome they did their best and uh yeah they're hardworking and and they get it they get it and uh you know all my brothers are different and like very different the whole span from like you know hippie to like me um and uh and they, they understand all of us now i feel like so it's it's cool yeah it's like that's something I never had in my family like there was no understanding and I was like the first child so everybody was expecting like perfection so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's tough that's tough yeah and then I was uh, I was trying my best to be perfect but also like mentally stumbling down mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to figure out a way to maintain that sort of brawn within me so it's like um, um sounds exhausting yeah, it's like trying to be committed, trying to have like control of my emotions and like how I react to things and mm. and uh, choosing what I can control and what I cannot control because we can't distinguish that. 
sometimes and I had to separate that from the rest and mm-hmm. I had to be consistent. See, and, that's a that's yeah. kind of a good thing though. I mean, you you learn how to control your emotions and stuff, which is great. But since you were like, I feel like since you were forced to do it, yeah. um, especially by people that, you know, love you or whatever, like yeah. that's a crazy relationship. But also you're forced to do it. So you learn in a different way. Like I had to learn over time. I'm like, look, I don't have to do anything, but if I do control my emotions, do things this way, am charismatic in this way, do this, then people kind of do what I want. Or like, you know, we come to a conclusion that this benefits both of us, you know, type of thing. And, and so I think it's the point is, it's like, it's different to learn it when you're not forced and learn it when you are forced. And I think one's better than the other, although you're more likely to learn it when you're forced, obviously. Yeah. And Um, it's like, it's like an experience. So it's like, yeah, you're learning from the experience. Like you have never dealt it with any kind of things, uh, any kind of situation like that. Yeah. Like real world experience. Yeah. And so I think you kind of learn faster and you kind of like learn how to control it to your mind. Hmm. Like I, I found that there were effects of, anxiety and depression give rise to dementia cancer all sorts mm. of phobias bipolar illnesses even right. influenza uh, varicella zoster virus herpes mm. immune deficiency viruses maybe i have a, I have a fun fact for you uh you are you specifically are 10 times more likely to have schizophrenia than i am do you know why why because you're an immigrant so if you're a first generation immigrant to somewhere and you like live there permanently or you know live outside your home country permanently apparently you're 10 times more likely to have schizophrenia still not very high but you know 10 times increase is pretty significant you know yeah that's quite the number yeah so it's like i'm trying to recover myself all the time Mm -hmm. that's fair yeah because you have all (laughs) these diseases that arises and uh, (laughs) Yeah, and even heart disease. But then I actually read uh, somewhere in another book that uh, um, you know atherosclerosis. It's it's a way that the body actually protects um, uh, uh, protects uh, yourself from getting harmed from dental bacteria. Really? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know <laughs> this. I didn't know this before. And it, in the in the book it said that like pharmacists don't like actually tell or scientists do not actually tell the public about this because it's like uh they have to because their products won't sell really okay yeah so i was i was reading this um in a book once and it was uh, actually written by a doctor <laughs> crazy <laughs> yeah it was like so crazy to actually read that and then after that because I was in med school <laughs> that's why mm. and yeah, uh, yeah and um, um, I was I was actually looking at it and I was like damn I, I didn't know this in med school I thought it was a bad thing like atherosclerosis I mean it definitely is a bad thing <laughs> but I didn't realize like it protects uh, the body as well I mean it does <laughs> the whole I mean like if you're a man and I mean, or any person, but if you're a man, the chance of you having like a large atherosclerotic plaque in your aorta by the time you're like 40, it's like almost hundred percent. Like, so yeah, I mean, it's just a physiological process that happens. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I could go through the whole thing, which I'm not because it's boring, but it's, it's like, it's pretty much containing bad stuff. 
So, I mean, it's kind of like cholesterol. There's good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. Like it's not all bad. But with that said, a big problem is having too much bad cholesterol. So you want to reduce that. Right. Um, So it's just kind of it's it's easier to for people to understand that, like, look, this is a bad thing rather than explaining all the little concepts, because then you have to go to medical school. You know what I mean? And no one's going to do a few people are going to do that. Um, so yeah, it's easier to just be like, well, this is bad. This is good. Essentially. If you want more details, you can come to us and talk to us more specifically about it. And not only do you have to come to a doctor to talk about it, you probably have to go to a specific doctor to talk about it, who specializes in, you know, uh, cardiovascular medicine to figure out more about atherosclerotic plaques, you know what I mean? But who gives a crap until it actually happens to you? You know what I mean? So I think there's, 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 there's things to tell people and there's things not to, and it's not to be malicious. It's to be like, look, these are the important things you got to know, because I know you're not going to remember everything. It's kind of like when we're in the emergency department, you have someone come in and, you know, you could explain everything there is to know about congestive heart failure to them because they just had an exasperation, but you're not going to do that. They're going to remember 2% probably of what you tell them. And that's not a slight on anyone. I'm just, that's just how people are. Like you tell me a big concept that I've never heard of before. I'm going to know 2% of it. Like, that's just how it goes. So you tell them the most important things and you repeat them multiple times and then you have them repeat it to you so that they know. So you know that they know, you know what I mean? That's just how how it works. Yeah. It's like only few people can actually like uh, grasp everything to observing people. And I realized that because all my internships were in the emergency sector. So like I I had a lot of old people in the emergency sector, which I would hug all the time and give them like lipid <laughs> emulsifiers. You would hug them all the time? Is yeah. that what you said? Yes. Okay. Just to be sweet. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's great. We need like, we need huggers in the emergency department for sure. Yeah. honestly we before we need huggers we need actual like medical staff like we need nurses you yeah. should see new york it's insane like we have people waiting like 24 hours just for medical treatment like it's crazy imagine putting like emulsifiers uh lipid emulsifiers on them and then like giving them a hug because it was like painful for them and mm. then um going back to the like nursing sector and then i um, there's a room for that and um preparing their saline's depending on the configuration mm-hmm. that uh, you were given to put on the saline jar right and then yeah and uh, did you like did, were you able to like draw blood uh, from uh, the patients as well yep yeah so in the emergency department the, if you like, if you went to school somewhere else, like, I don't know, let's say Ohio or something, you're not as a doctor or as a medical student, you're not really learning how to do IVs and stuff or draw blood because it's really just not your job. But I kind of like it uh, in New York because you there's just so understaffed. It's like, look, can you draw blood on this person? Like, it's going to be an hour before I uh, before a nurse can get to it. So you do it. And it's nice because you get to learn like, look, now I can do all the steps of the process if I needed to. Right. And, and you might someday. So it's kind of nice. But yeah, I'm, I'm getting better at it. Um, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm getting more confidence with it and it's hard. Cause like in New York, especially, but the, you know, the patient's like yelling at you the whole time. So it's kind of a lot of pressure. You're like trying to poke a vein and they're like, Oh, someone else did this better 10 minutes ago. Like it didn't hurt this much. Like you're doing it wrong. Like you had the bevel the wrong way. I know it. And they're just like shouting at you. And you're just like, okay, this is my fifth time ever doing this. And I'm trying to like get this guy's vein and he's like dehydrated. The blood's not coming. Like vein is like sprawling around. Cause it's just like this old guy, you know, it's tough. It's, it's tough, yeah. but yeah, I'm getting better. Yeah. The thing is that uh, like, I think the first time I did it, I almost put it in too deep. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you either go, you know, too deep or, or too shallow or you poke through the vein and in all those cases, you're kind of kind of screwed. I mean, if you go superficial, then you can, you know, you can pull yeah. out a little and then go back. But if you go through it, you're just like, oh, crap, I probably have to do a whole nother, whole nother mm-hmm. poke, which they don't like, which is fair. Yeah. And I also experienced it as well, especially people. I'm also afraid of people who are continuously like in uh, x-ray rooms. Like I I had this doctor. Like, in what? Sorry? The x-ray rooms. Oh, in x-ray rooms. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's like, yeah, there was this doctor back at home and like, he's not, he's not going to a separate room when you, uh, the patient uh, needs to take x-rays. And he's like exposed to the x-rays as well. Oh, that's and, and yeah. And then he's, he's like, his skin is Just like, doesn't melting. believe in radiation. Or yeah. It's <laughs> like melting. It's very strange. Yeah. They literally wouldn't even allow that in, in here. Like you just, they'd be like, no, I'm not going to take this x-ray unless you move away. Like <laughs> that's just so weird. Yeah, I could like he was old, but like his skin was like uh, abnormal. Like I mean, we like- we we try to like hold back radiation as much as possible. I mean, even even in like older people ish, you know, it's like if well, if we don't need to do this, we shouldn't do it, you know. And then in kids, even if it's like, look, we really really want to do this, but it's like okay, you know, exposing radiation could is not good at all, you know. We really need to reconsider this and then reconsider it again, and then we need to defer to like uh, neurology to make sure that they think it's okay too, you know. Like, so there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. And uh, uh, so how were your teachers in uh, medical school? Okay, so I can't speak for all medical school teachers. I'm sure there's some amazing ones, yeah. you know, yeah, at I universities, know. Like, especially had- in the United States, yeah. but not not that good um, at St. George's University, but I'm not the greatest student either. And they put us in an auditorium with thousands of pe- you know, students, and then they expect you to listen to this like droning on. But, you know, I just I just don't learn very good that way. So, I, you know, by the end, a lot of people are putting in headphones, not listening to the professor and, and studying on their own. And like not I mean, teachers are, are great and are super important. And I'm not saying that I'm just saying once you get to that level and you kind of learn how to study on your own and and the professors aren't that good and there's so many people that they can't teach you specifically, then, you know, what are we doing? We need we need to, like, just get the info that we need and how, the way we need it. So for some people, it's great, but it's not me. Yeah, uh, like I used to uh, sleep when uh, a teacher started teaching in the auditorium. There was yeah, one, yeah, yeah. The one teach there was one teacher like I really liked her, but she was like she used to teach the lab courses, and uh, she was like really good. Uh, she was the best teacher, but she was only for biochemistry, and I was like, come on. <laughs> It's like, why can't you be like the rest? Well, why can't every teacher be like you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because she, I mean, yeah, she explains every step and like she, uh, she starts by explaining the basics. I think that's the most important because if you don't have the basic right, you don't have a, like a solid foundation to actually learn the entire concept. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, and I feel like even when professors did do that, they explained the basics and stuff, which is still like, 
things would go over my head or it'd be so basic that I would like, you know, lose track of what's happening. And then I wouldn't be focusing on the rest of the lecture. And a lot of this is my own problems, but I know even like smart people and people who were able to retain stuff. I mean, even they would just either listen to the lectures at like two times speed um, while the lecture was happening. You know, they'd listen to a previous one of the one that they just gave and just like two times, three times speed and just crush it. Um, but at the end of the day, they're just not, they're not super helpful for someone to just repeat things to you. Um, it's better to, you know, do space repetition and like, you know, that kind of stuff um, on your own time. But yeah. 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 Um, so who was your best teacher in medical school? Do you have a- mm, honestly don't even have one to talk about? I mean, the, the, there's a couple favorites, but it's not based on what they like kind of taught me. It's more about how entertaining they were on like the stage um in my first year uh, that's that's honestly all I could say it's like you know it's like judging a university based on like the tiling you know uh, it's yeah it's not important but I just didn't I didn't get much from the lectures like I learned everything from my from my own like reading and stuff or even just reading the lectures but I couldn't get it from them telling me it's just not how my brain was set up you know but yeah just the ones that were funny <laughs> honestly yeah. the ones that were goofs that, that was the that was the best and uh how, how about you yeah so like um i just i just like her because of her way of teaching i don't know it just got to me yeah. i kind of understood everything what she told and it's awesome drawings, the drawings were like super clear and it's like mm-hmm. a like a step-by-step uh, pathway to everything you have to learn and that's that kind of was advantageous for me in the way she was like explaining it mm-hmm. so that's why i consider her like one of the best what about histology what was your first reaction to it <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, first of all, I didn't even know what histology was. I mean, I was just yeah. like, what is this? Like, we're doing microscopes and stuff. I'm like, that's not what I signed up for. And I was so, yeah, disappointed. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just kind of, I just started to like memorize stuff. I mean, first of all, histology, for people don't know, it's it's what? It's like, you look under slides, you like stain um, like, you know, different tissues and different like organisms and stuff under it so that you can see it better. And um, it's like what pathologists look at and stuff like that. So it's um, like a cellular, cellular structure. Yeah. On like a cellular yeah. level. Right. Yeah, honestly, and, and then you can like, you can tell different things based on that. And I'm like, look, I just want to do the test and then send it to someone who's going to look at that. Like, I do not want to do this stuff, but it is, it is nice to, to know. And it's, it's important to learn you know, just because you now you have an idea of what's happening behind the scenes. You're not just sending it to some black box and then the black box send it back with the, with the test result, you know? So that's good. <clears throat> but yeah, no, I was like, I hate this and I never want to do this again. So yeah, that was yeah. my reaction. The first reaction is how am I going to know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is a purple blob. All right. So what is it? You know, I have no idea. Yeah, and I did. I like uh, all the even for the exam, like all the specimens were at random, so it depends on what uh, uh, specimen you picked, mm-hmm. and you can't actually see it to the naked eye until you put it on the microscope. And if you get something really complicated, it'll be mm-hmm. like, oh my god! Oh, you guys actually were looking at slides and stuff. We didn't really. Yeah. Do that. It was for us. It was mostly like slides. Well, like slideshows. I mean, of the slides. Okay. So, I mean, we would just see images of it, and and then hopefully they would be pretty clear. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, because the thing is that our teacher noticed that uh, we were doing really badly with the specimens, especially in the first month. We were like, oh, my God, how like histology is like a completely different subject that nobody actually gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. <clears throat> I, and I just don't really care about it. You know, it's just not it's not like super pertinent to what we're doing. But at the same time, it's good to know. 
like I said. Yeah, especially if you find stuff like endoplasmic reticulum or what that is, that is there. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what it looks like and until you actually see it and then you would say, this is part of the liver, this is part of the stomach. And I'm like, what? How do you say this? Right. Like, yeah, that's my, that was my first reaction. And then mm -hmm. gradually, like, I got it. And it took like so much of effort. Like I, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <clears throat> it's it's a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. Um. So, what are the diseases that can arise from like sleep loss? Aren't we like patients when we are actually studying for med school? What was the question? What what happens from sleep loss? Yeah. What are <clears throat> some kind of diseases that arise from sleep loss? Oh, I mean. I don't know if there's necessarily diseases that arise from sleep loss. I, I know. I mean, there's going to be like mental disorders over time if you just yeah. like yes, never sleep. Right. I mean, <laughs> or if you just but, like continuously yeah. don't get sleep, but because we are actually acting like patients when we're in med school. <laughs> oh, you mean like, cause we're getting such little sleep. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, we're put under great stress in medical school. I mean, there's a reason that doctors, I mean, it's one of the reasons that doctors are respected the way they are or whatever in general by society. But, um, you know, I mean, it could be changed a little bit, I think, but it is, it is important to like go under great stress to, um, to, to become better, you know? So I, I get it to a point it could be done differently, but yeah, I mean, sleep, sleep is very, I mean, you definitely realize the importance of sleep once you go to medical school, like it's, and very it's important. like you're, you're working like all year round, right? Oh, all year round yeah especially if you're an img but i mean uh, everyone there's just there's not really a break right and then and you, you don't really get the weekend to sleep or something or or catch yeah. up like you're and still even, studying even summer it's like um it depends on what you have i had an internship during the summer so mm. it's like everything like imagine you were studying the entire year and as soon as summer comes you have internship you had three months off but during the three months you had to do an internship mm. And then um, for those of uh, them who failed exams, they had to have their two last tries in September. Mm. And so it was that busy. And every time we had um, a, a holiday, like after one term, let's say it would only be one week. So we would be binge watching um, movies or uh, Netflix TV shows mm -hmm. just to mm -hmm. keep up with everything. And then after, mm -hmm. <laughs> what happens? Yeah. <laughs> yeah i didn't uh, yeah for uh, for imgs anyway um they like expedite everything so we get like a month um off and and like that's our break and then we come back so there's no like summer or anything really but um and then it's been crazy with covid because it's just kind of like messed up timelines and stuff but so yeah it's been it's been a wild ride for sure but i'm i'm glad i went through it um i mean i've learned a lot about myself and like how people work and how much I can take, you know, um, and how much any, any person can take if they like have their mindset, right. And, you know, it's like something that's, if they like figure out why they're doing something, you know, it's, <clears throat> it, it just, every time, you know, you get to the point where you're like, Oh my God, why, you know, why am I doing this? This is so hard. Like, it makes no sense to just keep going. And then you're like, well, if you have a decent, why, you know, why am I doing this? Then yeah. They can help you like keep going, but it's, <clears throat> it's a hard thing to, I mean, that's why there's like life coaches and stuff. Like I think you're trying to do and, yes. um, or are doing, sorry. And I mean, it's, 
if, once you figure out those kinds of things and it's, it can be a complicated process, even though it's like a simple thing, like you can, you can really go through a lot and, and come out the other side and, and, you know, not have like anxiety before the process. And before yeah. you do the thing, like, you know, your legs collapsing before an exam, like yeah. if, if you have your mindset correct, the, you know, and, and you're not doing things for the wrong reasons in your own yeah. head, like then you, it, you can, it can go through anything. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Uh, I think of uh, I'm looking at this like crusader guy that's on my desk <laughs> when you have like the conviction of like oh I think like God is behind me like I have literally God like telling me that I have to do this and then if like if I do it I'm like given all these rewards and like nothing can stop me and like I mean you're gonna walk through a war like like nothing can hurt you right I mean yeah. so I mean th don't believe crazy things but like if you can if you and I mean if you can convince yourself of something like that then you can do amazing things but yeah you know, I, most I of us we can't talking about a purpose <clears throat> yeah essentially a purpose right I mean not all purposes are like the, you kind of built the same you know if my purpose yeah, is like, just to like chill then you're not gonna go yeah much, like but. uh I thought pur like purpose actually means that something that makes you like fulfilled on the inside mm. Mm. like um you know what makes me fulfilled when i'm like um uh, when i was living alone uh, when i see uh, people outside homeless people and you feel like you want to help them you want to give them some food because they are like mm. they're starving they're on the streets and mm. uh, give them your used clothes to the church and so the mm. church could like donate them to like those are the kind of activities that make me feel fulfilled and also kind of like um, uh, lecturing like people who are younger than me to actually not go the way like I started off like mm. I started off med school because I was telling them the way I started off med school was completely wrong <laughs> how so because the way like I started like I was I was taking med school as an opportunity that um, okay when I have reached my higher studies I would be free and I thought that I would be like fulfilled for everybody it's a mm. different answer and I thought I would be fulfilled because I a lot of people feel a that lot way. of uh, patients but mm. I felt like I didn't do much as a med student to even you do, you, you feel completely useless as a medical yeah. student you feel like a hindrance to the people yes. around you as a medical student yeah. It's, it sucks so actually like um so i would say the way i started off was kind of wrong because um, not this was not the right reason for me so it was like i was trying to get away from home it felt like that mm -hmm. <laughs> that's like, how a lot of people feel i mean yours in a very strong way but a lot of people feel like okay once i get to this i'll be fulfilled once i get to this i'll be fulfilled but yes. uh, you know wait that's not how it works that's yeah that's not how life works and uh, I thought that okay I will finally be independent and free when I'm like in university and uh, mm -hmm. I I can maybe get um, get along with people and be in the social circle and that's not how it played out and mm -hmm. yeah that was not um, I wasn't even financially free um, like I was trying to be. I was trying to be right. financially free because I was selling notes uh, from other older students uh, so that for people who like had crappy teachers mm. and were trying to find out a way out like um, but it was for a low price so I was not mm. like completely financially free. I was mm. like financially independent yes mm. so selling notes and like helping them uh, like understand basic concepts before uh, 
you know, going into more complex. Mm-hmm. And I was actually talking about talking to them. This is what I did in business school as well. I was giving them a sense of direction, you know, mm-hmm. like this is what you should go for. Mm-hmm. And it's not basically what uh, your relatives think of you. And it's, it's, it should be for your own reasons. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's something you have to answer, not because your mom wants you to be. Because you had to go through that yourself. Yeah. Mm. It's not because your mom wants you to be this person. Your dad wants to be this kind of person. It's it's actually in this life, it's actually what you want. And you have to figure out what you want. Mm-hmm. What makes you feel like you have purpose, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're aligned with your purpose. Mm-hmm. You say are aligned with your purpose? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I felt like when I was in business school, like I was getting close to something, but I didn't know what exactly it was. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was doing this throughout the entire university because like I was um yeah, my brother. Okay. So uh yeah. My so, brother. Yeah. <laughs> my brother just <laughs> okay. So, yeah, and when I came to med school, it's like uh, um, business school from med school. And I realized I was getting closer to something that answers all my questions. Nice. And, uh, yeah, and I was kind of like uh, coaching everybody in the university because I knew the difference between med students and business students. They're kind of lazier than med students. (laughs) Yeah, med students work hard. They really work hard. But right. sometimes they may or may not get the results they expect. But they work really hard compared uh-huh. to the students. I see this I'll guy. Agree with that. Yeah. So this. Uh, so what happened in uh, business school was. <laughs> Just keep going. Okay. So what happened in uh, business school was that, like, I saw like a lot of students, and they didn't know what they were doing in life some of some of them just came here because uh, their fathers or parents they want them to do something in life and this was the most easiest option for them to go or do and I felt like most of the students were here just because uh, they had money you know and it's just like um, money and expectations to do well so it's like look this is just be compliant on this path to medicine and you'll be good right yeah and uh, yeah i felt like there was a huge difference between the two universities huge and it's like you're you're with different kind of people and uh, these people do not know anything about hard work or study and i i found out also that um, they are very lazy they're very lazy <laughs> okay it's like i don't know like i used to be really annoyed with this guy because um, i used to work with him and then he's like he's always dodging the simplest things like he would say that it's so hard for me to write an introduction uh-huh. it's the introduction Come yeah <laughs> and yeah so like i i really tried to like uh, coach him and see that um, at, and he's not very well matured for his age because he's like 21 and he's still acting like he's like 14 so, I mean, there's, you got to admit, there's some benefits to um, what your parents did, right? I yeah. mean, you, you, you are obviously very studious and like are hardworking, which most people would agree is a, gr- a good thing. Um, 
and etc but you know maybe not the best way to go about um teaching yeah. me those kinds of things but i mean you gotta admit that uh there's something there right yeah i think uh, my kind of like hard situation sort of uh, was a good thing after all mm-hmm. they like created it themselves the hard yeah. situation for you to go through so yeah it's tough because i mean what let, like let's say let's say you ended up you end up growing up right you you find a husband you have money and you do well for yourself right then you have yeah. kids what do you do with them do you do you create a, a tough environment like you did with 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 like your parents did with you or do you um you know give them oh the childhood you wish you had or something you know but I think to make things tough but not so tough like I Mm. experienced it sure yeah kind of lecture them into a good path um from the start itself Mm. I think because it's important for them to realize what's more important and what is more important um it's like following their dream what they're what their purpose is mm. and it doesn't matter what other people tell them to do and uh, it might take a while and uh, to realize like uh, what's happy or what makes them happy but it um, it's it's their own time this is it's their life and everybody mm. has their own time mm-hmm. I think um. that's I mean, that's a reasonable way to think about it. I, I, I'm starting to think, I think the same thing, even if it's something that's like, not good, like, even if they believe like, look, I just want to sit in my butt all day and yeah. smoke weed. It's I you almost got to be like, maybe they should like, if that's truly what they think is best, like, all right, as long as you've thought of all the different things, and you come to the conclusion that that's the way like, that's how you want to be like, who am I to say that you shouldn't? I don't know. It's tough. Cause I, I also would dislike them. I think if, if they did yeah. that. And I think yeah. an important part of raising a child, I mean, I don't know. I don't have any, yeah, you have to have is to, is to teach yeah. them to do things like to not let them do things that make you dislike them. Cause then it's going to be yeah. a rough relationship. Yeah. But so it's tough. It's like, how, you know, how do you differentiate what, what is their purpose and what they want to do versus yeah. what makes you I, not I hate think, them? Yeah. I think I've put strict rules and stuff. Yeah, and, I think yeah. you would too. <laughs> and yeah, and like out of this whole situation, I ha- kind of had like a multifaceted like knowledge about business and medicine and I yeah. kind of combined it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, uh, I think uh, I heard in this uh, one guy talking about this one book, we probably should end this pod soon. We've been on a while, but um, it's called The Unfair Advantage. And he talks about um, he talks about diversifying or like becoming great at many things in your personal life. Yeah. But in in business or like your your profession, being specific as possible so like you like our fine point in in your business because you want to be like the best at your thing and then everyone comes to you for that right but in your personal life you do not want to just be the best romantic you know what i mean you're going to have rough relationships you're not going to be in with touch with your family all that stuff your personal life will suffer but um but you want to you want to like be you don't want to have any deficits in your personal life so i heard that and i'm like oh yeah that I, i feel that for sure and yeah, so we had to try to balance like each side, the personal life and our work life, because some people also have. Right. With but it. I think I think people like really simply say that like they don't, but they don't fully comprehend what, yeah. what's being said. So like it's not balanced personal. It's not like, oh, you need to party more. It's not, mm-hmm. oh, you need to 
um, play more video games because you're working too hard because that doesn't solve most people's problems. Yeah. I mean, some maybe some people, maybe the lawyer that works, you know, 80 hours a week, but I'm just that's very few people. Yeah. Like, I think I think it's more so you need to do something that makes you like feel better and 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 correct the deficits in your personal life. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like yeah. it's probably like if you feel awful and you're working hard and you're correcting all these other things, you have a specific thing you're good at in your business and your personal life is very diversified, but you, you can't like you, yeah, you have no intimate relationships. Like you can't get any boys or girls or whatever you're interested in. Like, I mean, that's, you probably should fix that. Like you yeah. probably should put some effort fixing that. Yeah. You know? I feel like, I feel like most of the people here, um, they just care about the intimate side of the relationship than than even uh, what they have to do in their own life. What do you mean? Like, I feel like they are more focused towards something that distracts them rather than something that serves them in their life. And just mm. have a relationship doesn't mean that they should be they should put 100% all oh, the, the relationship. In, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you, yeah you, sh- you should actually, you have a, a job, you have a mm-hmm. business to do, you have something else to do in your life, which needs your attention as well. Right. Right. And it's, and it's not just, it's not just, oh, I'm having a good business. Oh, I have a good uh, relationship or whatever. It's also other things too. Right. I mean, if you're like, if you're like overweight and you hate that about yourself, well, it's like, maybe you shouldn't just accept that. Maybe you should change it. You know, like I I know it's tough. It's just, you know, so yeah, being, fixing the deficits in your personal life, I think is it's, it's important. Yeah. But yeah, cool. I mean, it was great talking to you. Um, we should definitely do this again sometime. Yes. I think it's fun. We can actually talk about relationships. I'm time. down. Yeah. I mean, here, here's the thing. <laughs> I have like a lot to say about that. And um, um, I, it's kind of a thing I went through in medical school as well. And I go on about it in my podcast, um, if anyone actually listens to yeah. it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it learned a lot of important things that I think uh, would be very beneficial to the people. So yeah, yeah no, I, that, that'd be nice. So let's talk about that next time. Okay. Thank you, Trevor. Um, and see you next time. Hope you enjoyed the episode we had today. If you have any questions, you can reach us on Instagram on Teo Education System and even on Facebook. Um, I am your host, Rashti Heba Wasam, and I am signing out.